Welcome to your sanity safe space. Not a fucking issue. With your favorite YouTube podcast duo. You're fucking white male. And a white female too. Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. <laughs> Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement. This, this. is Beauty and the Beta. <laughs> and we will make America great again. I think this is fake news. Very fake news. Do you actually know what the definition of fake news is? What we're doing right now? Hello and welcome to the show. What we are doing right now is indeed fake news. But nonetheless, it's a great show. It's a terrific show. It's a tremendous show. Frankly, the best. And frankly... I think it's probably going to be less politics around here than at the Oscars. So that's saying something. <laughs> Pretty proud of that. I think it counts for something. This, of course, is Beauty and the Beta. My name is Matt Christensen. I am flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Rebecca Blonde. Welcome. Hey. Coming to us live from Stockholm, Sweden. Who would believe this? Sweden. Right? Quote of the week. <laughs> And we're back at it. Uh, we're back at it guest-free tonight, which I'm happy about. Just the two of us like the old days. Mostly because every internet controversy right now has just pissed me off, including our own like mini internal controversy. I'm just happy to be free from the chaos. Yeah. But there, you know, it's the crazy world we live in. There are plenty of controversies to discuss. So the first issue I want to get to uh, is the political casualty of the week. Milo Yiannopoulos, I want to... I did a video this week speaking to my take on the moral issue of it. So I want to get your take on that. But really what I want to speak to is the political issues behind it. Because I haven't spoken to that at all. And I want to explore like the political motives of the hit that this was. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about uh, what's going on in Sweden. Trump's misspeak. The media's pounce on it and all the craziness that's happened since. And um, the trans bathroom debate is back. It's reignited. So we got to dive into that intellectual toilet once again. Who gets to pee where? Find out. We'll figure it out. Plus, um, you got something to say about what the hell's going on with Twitter or some questions to ask. So I do. We'll try do. to figure that out. It's, uh, as I say, it's a sinking ship and Jack Dorsey is going down with two middle fingers up. That seems to be the plan at Twitter. Yeah, yeah. So... It'll be all this and more on your, fa- uh, on your favorite hour of listening material. Thank you for liking the show on YouTube. Thank you for reviewing the show on iTunes. Thank you for keeping us afloat, unlike Twitter, and helping us upgrade stuff on Patreon. Thank you for emailing us. That's beautyandthebeta at gmail.com. There is, of course, more of the show on the audio platforms, iTunes, Google Play, uh, elsewhere. Anywhere you can find podcasts, you can find us. You can find bonus material like our appearances on other shows, the call-in show we do every week. So if you can't get enough of this duo here, and to be honest, who can, of course, who can get enough of this (laughs) audio platforms, all linked in the description for you. Okay. So we have, um, we've had guests the last couple weeks. And so I've shelved the listener art that we usually do. Got a lot of art, got a lot of memes to share in the spirit of that. You haven't seen this yet. So I, I get on my computer the other day, there's a message on my Skype and it's from bearing and it's just a link to a video like, well, what the hell's this? I didn't really know what to expect. There was no explanation. Didn't know what it was at all. And look what this dude sends me. Oh, 
So I asked him, I got a little bit of feedback coming off you, actually. I don't know if there's audio playing from somewhere, but anyway, like some echo. Uh, nope, shouldn't be. We'll try to figure it out. Uh, in any case, I, I asked him, uh, who made that? He said he made that. He made that. He, I guess, I don't know how many hours this took him, but he, he bearing himself made that. So thank you <laughs> to that lovable bear for whatever inspired him to do that. That was pretty cool. If you're listening to the show, you're missing out. I guess I should say it was this disco scene of us dancing to that music. And I have a gigantic disco Afro and you know, the whole scene is great. So catch it on YouTube. If you missed thank you. the, um, that's but just a normal Friday night for us. He doesn't I even have- <laughs> yeah, I should say that's a secret tape. How did he get the secret tape <laughs> of? Uh, yeah, that was uh, that was a night out in Cleveland, I think. <laughs> let's let's check out some of the artwork though, and the memes, mostly just memes, to be honest, because the memeing has been great the last few weeks. We haven't featured this stuff. Uh, we did get some art from Steven Suarez. I don't know if you've seen this yet, but it's basically us in uh, what I gather is some type of SJW hunting lodge, and there's all these plaques with heads. On the wall of uh, oh, all, oh, yeah. all the meme level SJWs <laughs> we'd have encountered. You can see them all. Uh, Carl the Cock, Daryl Lamont Jenkins, Cock Norris, Triggered Tequila, all the rest. Smugly Puff. Smugly Puff, yeah. The, all the ones that we named as our favorites. Ooh, so, I have a gun. Yeah, that, that is pretty cool. Uh, so thanks, Stephen, for that. Um, I got sent this meme from Facepalm Reality since I've been called Woke Steve Shives. <laughs> More on that to come. Stay tuned. But this is a picture of uh, blonde, blonde is mine. Fuhrer woke Steve Shives is lit. There's me with the uh, the Steve Shives hat. I got the I love me some chicks with dick shirt and a nice black eye, courtesy of my boss, blonde Fuhrer. A lot of memes came out of the uh, the shotgun bit. So we got you know I'm cucked and loaded there. That was pretty funny from uh, Macaptra. Thank you for that. Uh, this is a very rare Pepe from Face Palm Reality. That, uh, might be the rarest. You know, um, um, a Matt Pepe with the shotgun. You're going to nice. find that. And I also was awarded the Medal of CAC by uh, <laughs> Mega Dog Your Mom. Mega Dog Your Mom. I thought I, I love this Medal of CAC bit. That's great. Um, Holy Biju sent me some of these, uh, <laughs> some of these images of um, me. I forget the context in which I was giving the camera the finger, but there's me, <laughs> you know, in like little framed pieces and little lockets. <laughs> Giving the camera the figure, there's me, the finger, there's me on the cover of uh, Number One Cuck Monthly. <laughs> and then courtesy of um, listener Michael, uh, it's the duct tape endorsement for this duct tape production. So we got a nice uh, roll of duct tape around the <laughs> mic. We got some duct tape in the background. Duck, not, I should say duct tape, the duck tape, not duct tape. We're not, we're not uh, big enough for duct tape yet. But uh, that was pretty cool. He also sent me this. This is his jury duty questionnaire in which he was asked, where do you get your news? And he said, louder with Crowder, beauty in the beta podcast, Ben Shapiro videos, Tucker Carlson. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious, but again, I don't want this responsibility. And by the way, Michael, you're going to be dismissed from that jury selection right away. I think the prosecuting attorney, <laughs> or whoever's in charge of selecting this is going to see that. And oh yeah, yeah, you can't, you can't have fake news from us and be impartial an impartial juror. Uh, lastly, um, I got some pictures from Miss Malevolent, patron of the show, supporter of the show. Miss Malevolent got her T-shirt and her mug in the mail. Very cool. Uh, very quick as well. I just ordered those, I think, less than a week ago. So lickety split. Thank you, Miss Malevolent, for supporting the show. Okay, enough of the garbage. Time to get at the real issues. The, um, the political hit of the week. So 
like I said, I did this, I did a video at length trying to sort out where I stand on what happened with Milo from a moral perspective, the, the moral implications of what he said. But I don't think at least I don't think I've heard from you where you stand on that issue. So I'm curious where you stand on it. I mean, I'm, I'm deeply conflicted about this because it kind of got lost in, in the mix that he is a victim of sexual abuse. You know, he was, this was statutory rape, just, just straight up and a position of power, like a priest. I mean, it's pretty textbook. And so I do think I agree with you and mundane Matt and a variety of other people I heard Sargon, um, that this is kind of just a, a manifestation of him trying to deal with this deep, dark sexual abuse. Um, but a 13 year old just doesn't have a lot of agency. And so, you know, and, but it is, uh, I also should point out that, you know, it really pissed me off that in the editing, they lost that he said that the age of consent is correct. Well, they did he's, put he's it in fair. later. I think, I think they like made a second edit and included that. Yeah. Yeah. Just it, filed it in there somewhere. It was dishonest. I mean, and then the timing of course, um, was very suspicious. It's like, I heard him say this shit a year ago. Yes. Yeah. And so it's, there's clearly a political motive in play. I want to explore that a little bit. Um, really, I see two, two questions where I think there's perfectly valid debate or disagreement on this from the moral perspective. And I think the first one is, um, to what extent did he advocate inappropriate relationships? Do you, do you think he went as far as to advocate them or where do you, where do you stand on that? Um, I mean, I got to say that I think that he did to some degree. And he did say the term young boys, but I don't want to crucify anybody for, you know, using the wrong language after my tweet debacle. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I can, I can understand how people would see that. And I mean, um, like I heard it again and I was like, Ugh, this is bad. This is pretty bad. You know, okay. I can't act like there was nothing there that offended me. Well, so how, if, <laughs> Because for me, the defining factor on that was if he didn't say the age of consent is about right, I probably would have been a little more in the advocacy camp. But to me, that was the the statement that was like, okay, he's 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 speaking about the exception and not the rule, uh, and he's talking about rare instances which he thinks he qualifies. I mean, how how do you right. how do you to square the advocacy with the okay? To make that concession, you have to believe that there are some thirteen year olds that can consent to sex with a priest and i just in no situation am i okay with that at all it, even not in milo's situation i don't care if he was the aggressor and he you know was so charming and seduced his priest i don't give a shit i mean don't fuck <laughs> if you're a priest don't, you know don't fuck little boys i don't do i have to say this? well that's a tall order that's a tall order <laughs> as far as the catholic church goes i don't know if we can go that far um yeah i'm sorry we can't joke about these things send your hate mail to beauty and the beta at gmail.com of course and he the did other, say that these relationships with older men and younger boys can sometimes make the younger boy understand who he is when nobody else, when nobody else gets him. Yeah. And I, I was uncomfortable with the fact that he said it that way, as opposed to in my situation, it really helps me find who I am. He, he definitely went beyond his own experience and talked about how his experience is part of something larger. I can definitely uh, yeah, I, I have to concede that point. Um, I don't even like, I don't even want to say concede because I don't want to approach this from some type of like, you know, staunch Milo defender. I think we have to be honest about our biases and honest about the facts that are in play here. It sounds like you and I are somewhere, uh, somewhere similar on that question. You being <laughs> perhaps more, uh, skeptical or critical of what he said than I have, than I was, but 
somewhere similar, I think. But the other question I have is that I think a valid moral debate could be had on to what extent did he or may have may he have overlooked or enabled abuse of others? Because remember, he talked about for one, he wouldn't uh, expose this priest uh, who allegedly abused him. And then he spoke about these Hollywood parties he observed, which what he, with people he called very young boys. Now, again, that's in the context of Ooh. him using the word boy within the way it, the, mean, the meaning of the gay community, which is uh, a younger male consenting adult male in a gay relationship is the way he defined it. But it's possible to interpret that to mean that he saw at best kind of indecent relationships and and things going on in Hollywood at worst illegal and did not out those people. So where do you stand on that? I'm sure it was illegal. It was a Coke fueled gay Hollywood party. Can you imagine what was going on there? I know you can think about it. Think about it. I'd have to think. Yeah. Contrary to um, public perception, I don't have a lot of uh, insight (laughs) into Coke, Coke fueled Hollywood gay parties. But where do you, where do you stand on the morality of that? What, to what extent do you think he should have outed those people? I mean, I think that he's, if what he's saying is true and, and he really did have sex with a priest when he was 13, I think that he's uh, heavily under moral obligation. Does he think that he's the only person this priest allowed this to happen with? I mean, once you've allowed that to happen the second time, it's not going to be very difficult. It's like, well, I've done it before. I think that he absolutely needed to. I mean, and I've heard Gavin and some other people be like, this doesn't ring true. And so we also need to entertain that. Oh, yeah, it could be 100% bullshit, <laughs> in which case his crime is bullshitting about things you shouldn't bullshit about. <laughs> like, that's yeah. still criticizable, too, even if none of this st- stuff even happened. Yeah, so Gavin said he not only does he not believe the Hollywood parties, but he doesn't believe the priest thing, period, which would be, right. I mean, the, it's one thing to embellish what you saw at a party. It's quite another to say, no, 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 I engaged in sexual acts with this priest. I, it, to, to embellish a personal experience like that. Uh, that would that's be quite true. the lie. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah. But who, yeah. in any case, these are the two areas I think there are, I think the much, the meat of the moral debate is, and you and I are somewhere similar, somewhere we have some disagreements, but I think that's the trouble here is there are, the facts are not entirely clear. And so we kind of have to guess, we have to make educated guesses about what the facts likely are. And then a moral judgment based on what we think the facts are. My my right. whole thing is like I, I I can't judge a person for how they've handled their own victimization. I mean, of course, I would wish that he would out this priest if that's true. However, he's someone who is victimized, and if he's rationalized in his head that way, I'm not sure I can fault him there. The only other issue I have with this is all the evidence in this case is hearsay, even though it's self-provided hearsay. I need some serious substantiation before I'm willing. Only the most ridiculous people are calling him a pedophile. That's there's no evidence for that. No, I would bef- never. Yeah. Yeah. But even b- before I'm willing to throw the accusation of like pedophile enabler or pedophile apologist, I need, I need some serious evidence of the actual pedophilia occurring. And at this point it's, it's bullshit on a podcast that, I mean, quite frankly, we bullshit on a podcast each and every week and you're listening to it right now. However, some things you got to be careful about. And this is certainly a case where he probably would have benefited from leaving that private. However, sometimes you're, you're you're on drunken peasants for hours and you're drunk and you say something you shouldn't have. And that's true. I mean, it was hours and hours of live streaming and stuff. But another thing about this is that I think that all of us know somebody that has had sex with a teacher. 
I mean, I definitely I know. But maybe you, are you serious? I know. Like, I don't know. I can I come from small town heartland America. Although, so do you, though. Yeah. So. And I remember thinking at the time, like, this is just some girl slutting it up. Uh, I mean, now it seems like statutory rape, but uh, at the time, I remember thinking that there was more agency involved. Yeah. Than I reflect on right now. Okay. I feel well, bad for Milo. I mean, I gotta say, I like him fundamentally. I don't want this to be the end of him. I mean, I don't think that he should have had all these repercussions. He shouldn't have lost his book deal over this. This happened a year ago, or speaking about it, happened a year ago. Yeah. I'm very suspicious of the well, time. Well, the original Joe Rogan tape was September 2015. I mean, you're going on a year and a half at that point. And the, oh, everything yeah. in Drunken Peasants was with reference. The reason I asked him on that show was because of what he said on Joe Rogan's show. So, oh, really? I, mean, this, I didn't know that. Yeah, this stuff goes back. Um, but I, I'm not going to be mad at anyone. Like, I, I concede in the case that I make, I can understand how you might be more hardline on this moral issue. And because the facts are a little up in the air, I can understand why you might interpret them differently than I do. So I certainly don't pretend to have like the, I don't think there's a hundred percent completely correct case on the moral issue here, but I think we have to square away where we stand on the morals before we can move on to the politics. And so I've really been waiting to move on to the politics because I felt like if I made a video talking about that first, you're, you're skirting the core issue, which is where right. you stand on right. what the issue in play here is. Now that we've kind of uh, figured that out to the best that we can. I want to talk about the politics because you're absolutely right. Whatever your interpretation of this is, it was clearly a political hit. Someone yeah. saw the drunken podcast, the drunken peasants podcast. <laughs> the drunken podcast is this podcast. with The, <laughs> the drunken peasants podcast is uh, something entirely different. So they see that they're a political opponent of Milo. They think, Oh, this is ammo in my political war. I'm going to save it. And I'm going to use it at an opportune time. And that is exactly what happened. Of course, this was in response to Milo's booking as a keynote speaker at the, um, at the, at the CPAC event that happened this last week, as well as right off his appearance on Bill Maher's show. So this comes at a time when Milo's never been higher in terms of media exposure, never been uh, a bigger figure than he was at the time this was released. One of the interesting things about the political piece of this and I've hesitated to speak about these things because they don't justify Milo, but they're interesting to think about. We, we joked about this on Wednesday. A reaction for a lot of people was, oh, they outed one of our guys as like a, a pedophile apologist. Let's go find their pedophile apologist. And so there was kind of a witch hunt for pedophile um, apologism. And I, I've seen two primary cases, the first being George Takai and the second being Bill Maher, who is relevant to the case, this case for more than just his, <laughs> his, take, his old take in the 90s on his old show about, um, about what, what, what was pedophilia, a very similar uh, situation to what Milo was describing. So I want to play what they had to say just to give an idea that this is not something that only Milo has spoken to. Right, right. That's true. This, this is George Takai on... Uh, how did and- he- uh, Howard Stern's show. And I don't know the date on this, but uh, I should have looked that up. But hey, you know, fake news. Seduce you. Well, he started touching me and... and did... I mean, wait a minute. Did he... He came into your cabin. Yes. You two were alone. Yes. He sits down next to you on the bed. Yes. And you uh, <laughs> sat there and he touched you and he did, you feel, and, uh, did you feel... Did you feel molested in a way? What? Were you molested in a sense because no, you were 13? because no, I was kind of... Uh, well, you know, I thought he was pretty attractive, uh, right? And so, he was. And you wanted to know why you felt this way? Yes. You, you're not quite sure. You know, it was both 
wonderful and scary and uh, and kind of intimidating and and delightful. Okay. I mean, all those opposites, you know. Right. Okay, so so that's Takai on Howard Stern's show. He's talking about an experience he had at camp, summer camp. He was thirteen at the time. This camp counselor. Uh, with whom he had this sexual ex- experience was 19, I believe. And Ugh. then you have Bill Maher talking about Mary Kay Letourneau, who was a Seattle teacher who became impregnated at age 35 by, I think, a 12-year-old boy at the time. Oh, my God. Can't remember. But this is Bill Maher's take on that. Mary Kay Letourneau, the teacher from Seattle, who uh, is in jail because she is in love. That's how I view it. I admit that it's... <laughs> That it's unorthodox. She is 35. The boy is 14. He was younger when they started. But she is pregnant again. That was the story this week. With the second child by this boy. So basically they're having a family and they're keeping the mother in jail because she won't conform to what society feels should be the perfect American family. Sickening. Absolutely sickening. What is sickening? A woman who's over 20 years older and she raped this kid. Raped? Well. Come on. She forced. She what? forced. How do you know? And how well, can you? Well, how do you know that she didn't rape him? How, how can do a you woman know that she how, didn't seduce him? How can a woman rape a man? Okay, so that's Bill Maher talking about what is a, a very similar situation. They're still married, by the way. Yeah, I was looking it up early today. So she went to jail for quite a while. Um, and got impregnated by him a second time, and then they got married in 2005. So. Mm-hmm. Again, that does nothing to Kai said or Bill Maher. Just because someone else said it doesn't mean it makes it okay. Like if, right. if Milo killed a guy, you don't go, "Hey, look at all these other murderers; they do it too." It, but right, it right. is it it is it <clears throat> illustrates the point that this is not some obscure off the wall thing that nobody's ever said before. If you really cared about people advocating this thing, you go after Mar, you go after Takai, you go after anyone that ever talks to this issue. I don't think that George Takai would be. I would put him in the same camp as Bill Mar, though, because he was just reflecting on his own sexual abuse and talking about the feelings he specifically was having. I didn't hear him apply this to any broader group of people he didn't go as he he didn't go as far as milo did i'll give you that and i had to kind of cut it up you can listen to the whole thing i'll I'll link it in the description but i will agree it was worse than all all of the the others oh you think it was worse than milo yeah i definitely think so i mean he straight up advocated for it and said that this is just another kind of love milo was very specific about what he said i mean he was saying that it's not that this shouldn't be you know this shouldn't be for all people. This is yeah. like a very specific well, subset of people that this would work for. But but Bill Maher was just like, well, this is just another kind of love. It's not the yeah. traditional American family. I mean. I, I did think it was interesting too, and I haven't seen the rest of the exchange. That's where the edit cuts off that I've seen is where he goes, well, how can a woman rape a man? Okay, but 12-year-old boy? Twelve. There's a lot of coercive components to that beyond just the physical <laughs> aspect of the rape. And, and that's why it's statutory rape. It's not about being physically forceful with someone it is about coercion of someone who is not of able mind to consent to the act that occurs so it's really weird obviously there is a gray area in your teen years and we've assigned these ages of consent because we got to make a determination somewhere but oh boy 12 year old boy and i think 30 something woman 30 something year old woman at the time yeah i mean that's insane so what what interests me too beyond like okay clearly you're you're picking on Milo for your political reasons not for your your pedophile 
hatred or your your advocacy on the issue of pedophilia. Bill Maher has been beyond just that digging up that old clip of him. He has spoken to this issue of Milo's scrutiny and Milo's quote unquote downfall on sort of bizarre terms, which kind of bugged me. So he comes out, let's check out this article here. Uh, let me find it. Um, so Bill Maher faulted for booking Milo takes credit for his fall. And there's a quote in here. Let me see if I can find it. Where he, uh, you're welcome. Yeah. So he says, um, so let's recap. Uh, about a week ago, I went on Van Jones's show and somebody asked me about the booking. I hadn't really gotten into the details of Milo yet. He was just getting on my radar. That said specifically, or I said specifically, sunlight is the best disinfectant. When we had Milo on, despite the fact that many people said, oh, how dare you give a platform to this man? What I think people saw was an emotionally needy Ann Coulter wannabe trying to make a buck off the left's propensity for outrage. And by the end of the weekend, by dinnertime Monday, he's dropped as a speaker at CPAC. Then he's dropped by Breitbart and his book deal falls through. Uh, as I say, sunlight is the best dis disinfectant. You're welcome. Which I thought was like, dude, you're, you're way off. You know that he wasn't dropped by all these things because of what happened on your show. You know that it was something entirely different. And he, he what an spoke, egomaniac. Yeah, and he spoke to this on Friday's show too. I've got a brief clip of that where he says basically the same thing, but these are his own words here. Last week we had on the show this guy, Milo. And then this poor guy, I mean, lo this week lost more jobs than Ohio during the recession. I mean, he, he was shit-canned by Breitbart News. He, he, <laughs> what do you have to do to be fired from Breitbart? <laughs> 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 I mean, well, whatever it is, what he did it. What was the reason? It. You're not crazy yeah. enough? He, he, no. You're not evil enough? No. He, talk, he talked about... It, 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 let's not get into it. I mean, it, he crossed the line. He, he said something about, you know, he's gay. And he said... Is know, that the for, line? Yeah. <laughs> 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 You'd think it would be uh, with them. Letting idiots speak is how people finally say, oh, you know what? He's an idiot. Right. <laughs> right. That's what I said. Sunlight's the best disinfectant. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, yeah, he, he went too far. Um, but he said basically the same thing that I've said in the past. So that's a little bit strange. Um, Your boy, Bill Maher. Yeah, my guy, Bill Maher. I'm, I've, I have an, an ongoing... I think Bill and I are basically separated right now, but we don't have the legal divorce final. <laughs> that's kind of where we stand. Uh, so it's Even gayer okay, than what okay. Milo said. Oh, um, well, where do I want to go with this? A couple more important facts. Basically, um, I'm confused by Bill here in that he seems willfully... I, I know he knows more than he's talking about. He's kind of willfully dishonest about what actually happened. And I'm wondering, like, this is an ultra tinfoil hat theory, but is it possible that all of this is at some level coordinated? Like the CPAC arrangement, <laughs> Bill Maher's show. It just seems crazy that he was put up on high and then just baseball bat to that pinata in a very coincidental way that Bill Maher seems to kind of take credit for, even though... It's obvious, based on the facts available, that he really had nothing to do with the downfall unless there are more facts available behind the scenes. I mean, is that ultra tinfoil hattery, really? I mean, I have, I have nothing to substantiate it. That's why I call it tinfoil hattery. 
Yeah, but it's not totally ridiculous to entertain. I mean, if like look at the WikiLeaks, look at how much collusion and how how deep that ran. You think that it's not possible that there's something similar going on on the right? I mean, well, and in any case, there's a lot of evidence at play that what's his face, Egg McMuffin, is to blame <laughs> for this. So the, the Daily yeah. Dot did a look, and I know <laughs> Mundane Matt did a look at this on YouTube as well of who's behind this group, this Reagan battalion that was circulating these tweets that got Milo, Milo taken down. A lot of um, so they've worked with Egg McMuffin, Ev, Evan McMullen, that independent presidential candidate um, from Utah, former CIA operative. So they've they've worked with him a lot in the past. There's a lot of connections to him. He did tweet out at the time, uh, never cared much for Nazi punks. Now, maybe he's just happy to see Milo go down, but it just seems sort of odd. Um, so it, this is a good article to read. I'll link it in the description if you want if you want an understanding of Mr. McMuffin's potential ties to this case. But without going, we've already spent half the show on this, so I don't want to go too deep into it, but... Um, I don't know. I mean, my, my big takeaway on this is you're welcome to hate Milo um, for political reasons or whatever reasons you want. You're welcome to hate him if you think that he has, is, that he's a degenerate who has enabled pedophilia. I don't have a problem with that. I think all of us should be worried about this precedent of political hits and smearing. Like, Regardless right. of what you think of Milo, is it fair to go through every bit of a person's spoken past and smear him for it? And is it fair to do that without even consulting him or asking him, do you still stand by this? Have you changed your mind? Um, so if you want, right, you know, if you right. want to hold the pitchfork to Milo for this, uh, I hope you're going to hold the pitchfork to everyone, including people that you like. Sing. And yourself, I mean, yeah. and I guess that the general public doesn't realize, but when you have like hundreds and thousands, you know, thousands and thousands of hours of audio, um, like we probably do at this point, like some shit's going to get said that you'll listen to later and be like, wow, I do not agree with that anymore. Or I wish I wouldn't have said that. I mean, it's just is opposite. Yours is far too, um, yours is Reich talk and mine is cock talk. So we have different <laughs> things to hide. I think we've kind of met somewhere in the middle <laughs> in the yeah. interim, but, but to Sargon's point too, absolutely. You're allowed to change your mind. And if mm -hmm. you could talk to me two years ago, I would have had different positions on a lot of things. And if you had right. clips of me saying it, I'd say, yeah, I've changed my mind since then. Granted, nothing as damning as pedophilia or talk. I, I, I don't have anything quite that damning, at least to my recollection, but I would hope that if you cared about the issue, you'd consult the person on the issue that you supposedly care about. And that's, that's, I think the problem with this precedent here, we need to take people on the ideas, not do this character assassination. You got a problem with the person <clears throat> take on their argument. And this has been a wake up to me both as like one, you better watch, keep an eye out for how this stuff might come back to bite you. Cause I'm sure people are going to try to use these tactics, but two, don't do this to other people. And I'm going to try to be especially aware of that going forward. If I have a big fight with somebody, I'm going to take them on on the issue of the fight, not like this. Right. Let's go through their entire history and and uh, and and try to try to figure out what they've said and smear them for that. It's just bullshit. It's not. It's I, although not I did fair. do that with Spino, but that's only but, because I knew that that's what he was doing to me. <laughs> that's true. That's true. And you know, I mean, I'm welcome. Uh, fair to say too. Like, I don't want the fight to be on those terms. I really don't. And so, if if Spino and myself have a disagreement about an issue in the future, which who I mean. I'm sure we will if they <laughs> if they want to watch this show obsessively. Yeah, let's talk about the issues. Let's not comb through each other's history and try to find the most damning statements right. ever said. Okay, here's my not last question on it. 
Last question on it. I don't know what to do about this. As I said in my video, that picture back there, the Milo <laughs> picture, it's because he gave it to me and us in July at the at the convention, the uh, Republican National Convention. And I thought it was so ridiculous at the time. Like, oh, you meet this guy and he gives you a signed glamour photo of himself. How ridiculous is that? So I just thought at the time, like, I'm going to put it back there. Not because I worship him, but because it's just so ridiculous. I thought it'd be a nice little piece. Um, so I know where I stand on Milo. I'm, I think it's fair to say I'm relatively forgiving. Uh, and I admit that that there might be flaws yeah. in that. But my question is, should I take that down? Is that detrimental to me? Um, I, do I need to get rid of that? I don't know. I don't like this whole mentality that we have to just you know, denounce. Why? Why do we have to do that? It's somebody that me we met one time on a, on a super fun trip that we had um, that was really important to our careers. And I'm, I'm not going to forget about it. And I don't want Milo to be done because of this. It sets a really poor precedent. You're right. Um, and these are tactics that people will use against us. So, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be like, uh, I'm done with Milo. I mean, oh, of course not. I'm not going to do that. I'm just worried about the pitchforkians using it against me. They're like, coming look, after you so, no matter some, what. I know. <laughs> but matter. I'm just saying like someone comes, someone comes to see one of my videos or this podcast for the first time and they see that little thing and they make a snap judgment about pedophilia or something like that on the spot. Is it, there's a cost there and I don't think it's justified, but there is a cost there. So I don't know. I'm really conflicted on it. Maybe I should, some, I was talking to some friends about it. They're like, no, no, just fix it by putting like a picture of a little boy next to it. And then, <laughs> and then the whole thing is taken care of. So if you have thoughts on that, feel free to tweet me or email me. <laughs> I, I really don't know what to do about it. I, I like having it back there and I, I stand by him for the most part, but it's kind of a cost to me and the show and keeping it there. So in any case, gosh, that egomaniac has taken up more than half of our show. And that's more <laughs> than he deserves. And somehow all I do is talk about Bill Maher now too. This is like two weeks of just Bill Maher all the time. And Bill Maher and I are separating, so I need to stop. Okay. We can talk about Sweden, though. There's a lot of... I got so much on Sweden. We might run long tonight, actually, with how much stuff I have to get through. If you're okay with that. It's like, what, 3 in the morning for you or something? 3.34. Ooh, okay, so I'll try to, I'll try to be quick. But the, the deal here, as I'm sure you've seen on the news, is Trump has this rally. Was it Thursday night? Some, sometime late last week. I, I forget which night it was. Speaking at, um, at this Florida rally, and he mentions, oh, look at what's going on in Germany. Look at what's going on in Brussels. Look at last night in Sweden. Who could believe this? Sweden. And the media pounces on him, not to say there not to say simply there was no terrorist attack last night in Sweden. We don't know what you're talking about. They went so far as to say, like, no, 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 no. Everything's fine in Sweden. Everything's great. <clears throat> awesome. What are you talking about? It's not just last night. It's everything. Then of course, <laughs> there's there's a riot in one of the migrant neighborhoods of Stockholm in the, one of the coming nights. But what I love about this, and I've got some clips to play here, is he says one thing. This is a classic Trump. Like he, he talks about a problem in not perfectly accurate terms, even though he's mostly right on what's going on. It's just not perfectly phrased or characterized. Then the media goes way too far in, in uh, <laughs> correcting him on it to the point that they look ridiculous. So let's uh, let's check out some of these clips. This is the, this is some of, this is CNN's reporting because CNN went too far and then had to backtrack it. I love this. So here's first what Trump said. Here's the said. bottom line: We've got to keep our country safe. You look at what's happening. We've got to keep our country safe. You look at what's happening in Germany. 
You look at what's happening last night in Sweden. Sweden. Who would believe this? Sweden. They took in large numbers. They're having problems like they never thought possible. You look at what's happening in Brussels. And then CNN puts out this report. Sweden is having a good time trolling President Trump. And then they've got some video here. Some of the Swedish reaction. Who would believe this? Sweden. They took in large numbers. They're having problems like they never thought possible. Many online mocked Trump's statement, including the former prime minister of Sweden, who says, Sweden? Terror attack? What has he been smoking? Questions inbound. Or questions about. And then the Sweden, the Swedish embassy says, unclear about what he's referring to. Have asked U.S. officials for explanation. Okay, and CNN's going to play along and Brian Stelter's going to The best theory for in. what he was talking about is a segment on Fox News from Friday night suggesting that refugees are bringing lots of violence and threats to Sweden. So perhaps President Trump saw that segment on Friday and was referring to that being last night. The best theory is what he saw on Fox and the best theory is the stuff that is actually going on in Sweden. It might not have been that specific night, but a few days later... Uh, Sweden, CNN, Sweden, riots erupt in, in Stockholm neighborhood. Okay, so we got more to cover from, from CNN. I think Sweden is a good example to put forward as a bad example. If you don't control your borders, if you don't have an irresponsible refugee policy, uh, you will get problems, and we have serious problems here in Sweden. Is it a, is it a crisis here? Yes, uh, I would describe it as a crisis. As evidence, Carlson points to a riot that erupted in the Stockholm suburb of Renkeby Monday night. A police spokesman says officers fired at least two shots when dozens of rioters attacked police officers during the arrest of a crime suspect. Ten cars were torched in the unrest, and one police officer suffered a bruise to the arm from a thrown object. And then our guy Robert Reich. Tweets this out, since deleted. Trump's lies have consequences. 48 hours after his comments on Sweden, riots broke out in an immigrant community. So you're, you might remember Robert Reich, um, the former labor t- secretary, Berkeley professor. He also was the one who said uh, or implied that Milo and or Breitbart may have been behind uh, uh, arranging for the riots in Berkeley when, when Milo spoke there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's Robert Reich. Oh, so, that's tinfoil hattery right there. Yeah. I mean, so when when are Trump's lies going to be held to account? When are your lies going to be held to account? <laughs> like, Robert Reich is, uh, somehow he's still educating our youth at a prestigious university, this guy. <laughs> oh my prestigious gosh. my foot. If my kid wanted to go to Berkeley, I'd be like, nope, you're going to trade school. <laughs> Okay, so I, I thought uh, this is like I said, I think this is just a classic example. I, I love this. Like, no, 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 we're going to we're going to correct Trump to an absurd extent, at which point we're going to mischaracterize the problem really badly. Mm-hmm. So there was that. Now, to the point on the Fox News story that Trump saw, and that is what he saw. It was Ami Horowitz, this documentarian, this documentary film, documentary filmmaker who has been touring these um these migrant uh, suburbs in Sweden, he saw him interviewed on Tucker Carlson. And so Ami Horowitz has come uh, into the center of this issue. And he was on Don Lemon debating what's actually going on in Sweden. And that is also a very interesting clip. Let's check that out. 
the president of the United States to spread, which really amounts to false information, right? How do you feel about being part of that? Because we looked at the stats from the U.S. De uh, Department, State Department. Here's what we learned, all right? Crime rose about 7% from 2012 to 2015. Much of that crime was nonviolent computer fraud and vandalism. Um, where did you get your information and and did you look at the, the official numbers? Yeah, from a far more accurate source, State Department. I don't know why the State Department is doing numbers for Sweden. I look at the Swedish, it's called BRA, B -R -A yeah, we have which it. is the keeper of all stats for Sweden. Right. So if you look at what I call heavy crime, so I'm talking about murder, I'm talking about sexual assault. Sexual assault from 2006 2015 is up almost 50 percent. Murder between 2012 and 2016 is up, I think, almost over 80 yeah. percent. Okay. You're classifying this as a skyrocket, that crime is skyrocketing. Rape, yeah. It's not a skyrocket. So you think, you, you think when, when, when rape is down in the United States and everywhere else in Western Europe, and then rape is up 50 percent, that's not skyrocketing? Because of the way they classify you, rapes you, uh, now. In listen it, to listen. me. The, the definition was before If you had not numbers. classified unwanted touching, if you're at a concert and someone touches you uh, in, on any part of your right. body, that is now in Sweden classified so, as a rape. And so it, is, it was and not so it is before. In United, first of all, it's sexual assault, not rape. But it, but it's but it not was, rape, it's sexual it's assault. It's sexual assault in the United States. No, but it, yeah, it's sexual assault. It's sexual assault in the United States, but it's not sexual assault in Sweden. God, he's okay. insufferable. Don Lemon or what? Yes, every time I see a clip with him, I'm like, oh, oh, Do you even know what the definition of fake news is, Blonde? <laughs> That's my favorite Don Lemon quote. Okay, so a few interesting things out of this, um, this Horowitz-Lemon exchange. There seems to be at some level a credible dispute on what the definition of sexual assault is in Sweden. Apparently that has been redefined in recent years. What so we're not talking about strictly rape. We're talking about, you know, all kinds of like unwanted physical advance. But not you, in recent years. He said it, it predates the statistics, which the earliest of which was um, 2006. And so they must have redefined it far before the migrant crisis. Okay. What is interesting to me, um, without knowing exactly where the definition changed and what the implications of that are, is that this is the exact, I'm not accusing Don Lemon of this. I'm just noting left hypocrisy generally is, of course, we redefine the, what, what constitutes sexual assault all the time to inflate these campus sexual assault statistics, which is exactly right. what, oh, well, one in four, one in five, well, we're counting things that are not rape, that are much more innocent uh, or incon less consequential. They're not inconsequential, but they're less consequential than a One of those studies rape. counted unwanted kissing. Yes. So these are things that, that we should be concerned about, but they're not the same as rape. Um, and when it's convenient, they'll say, oh, yeah, well, it's sexual assault rampant on campus. And then when it's not in the context of Muslim migrants, oh, well, you can't count that. That's just that's just a little, you know, a little healthy male aggression. That's just, you know, them, <laughs> them letting letting women know their intentions, that kind of thing. <laughs> The, the other thing that's interesting, so we speak, they're speaking to this, the sexual assault distinction. Don doesn't dispute the murder distinction at all. Ami Horowitz says murder is also up by like a bajillion percent, whatever he says. Yeah, 80%. Yeah. He does say that that's, that that's not a skyrocket of crime, though. I mean, but he, that doesn't and, dispute. And it, it seems to me that you can't really, do you redefine what murder is? I mean, that's nope, pretty can't do that. Clear. Seems pretty, yeah. Yeah, it seems pretty clear to me what murder is. So <laughs> I wish they would have spoken more to that, because even if you grant the sexual assault point to Ami's point, according to Swedish authorities, 
murder is up. Now the question becomes, can you attribute this to the migrant influx? Um, and apparently based on the way they keep the data, you can't because they don't let you know that level of data about the attacker. Right. So the question is, does it stand to reason these things might be associated? I'll let the, yeah. I'll let the listener the, decide or I'll let you decide. You're the one there scoping out the scene. Well, they definitely did. I mean, but it's outrageous that you can't include any religious information or ethnicity in any of the crime statistics. That's that's just insane. And I think that they did that as a result of the migrant crisis. And they're constantly burying crimes. Um, that cop, uh, Peter Singari, Singar, Singer. I don't know. He talked about this. Um, they can't they can't deal with all the crimes. I mean, how many rapes are going unreported? Well, this is the thing I've heard. And maybe you can speak to this a little bit because I'm curious. I see people mentioning these no-go zones all the time, which are basically migrant neighborhoods that have become, if you believe what some sources say, have become so rampant with crime that the police have given up enforcing laws in those areas. And then I've seen other sources that say, no, 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 that's just right-wing propaganda. Based, I mean, you might not, obviously you haven't been there for long, but what is your, re are these real things or are they just propaganda Absolutely, points? Absolutely, they're, they're real things, Yeah. And then a lot of people are resigning from the police force here. They're like, oh, fuck this. Why would I even bother? Hmm. Okay. Um, you can't talk about any of this stuff freely. Um, your job is crazy dangerous now. And all you, all you do all day long is deal with migrant crime. Yes. Although what, what we suspect to be because we can't. Because <laughs> we can't. Come on. I have to. Look, we got a million eyes on us cropping out little segments of the podcast. So we got to be ultra specific and ultra accurate about it. Yeah, but do, they cause... can, they're going to do that no matter what <laughs> they are. I mean, okay. Th did you see, um, here's some other interesting testimony because a lot of this, because we can't know for sure, to be honest, we can't know for sure within the data. We, the, the data are not at a level that will allow us to know for sure, unfortunately. You can observe some of the anecdotal stuff. Some of the anecdotal stuff is what Ami Horowitz is doing, which is going into these neighborhoods and just trying to film and ask questions. 60 Minutes also sent a crew to go in. Lo and behold, some pretty similar experiences for these oh, people surprise. just wanting to, wanting to do some high-quality journalistic work and talk to people about what's going on. Check out these clips. We found out exactly how dangerous when while we were setting up a shoot at a neighboring location, we were approached by five men and told to leave. While my crew took off, I stayed to simply ask why we had to leave. Because I was still wired, we had the sound of what happened next. How come it's a problem to, uh, to film here? I don't want to be filmed. I know, but why? What's the, what's the, I why? Don't, I, don't, I just don't want to spawn, you know? But why, why? Let me see, let me see. Why? Let me see, let me see. <laughs> Let me see. I'm not filming anything. Look, look. Show me. Show me what you got. Let go of me. Show me what you got. Let go of me. I was not the first person assaulted by gangs of immigrants, nor will I be the last. Okay, now here's the 60 Minutes crew. But what happened next changed everything. The police leave, and as we prepare to go, Young men masking their faces arrive. Good, you're doing good. You're doing good? Yeah. Okay, very oh, good. Take it easy. Okay, you too. And attack. There's no need to be unkind. You can't hey, 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 hey,
The gang's attention turns when a local intervenes and drives his mobility scooter into the most violent attacker. All right, so round of applause for the, um, the scooter hero there. Oh, Again? what is this stupid 60 Minutes woman doing? No, no, don't. Be kind. Be kind. Yeah. What? That's not the mentality of these people. They're not just going to stop because you're like, stop. They're not law-abiding citizens. These are lawless animals. What do these people want? Two, I mean, like I said, it's two anecdotes, but if, if we can... Let's put it this way. I don't want to go into one of these neighborhoods trying to film things. I would not be comfortable trying to do that. And I, I don't know a lot about this situation. Skag, you would get your ass kicked on site whether or not you were filming. Well, I'm just, yeah, I guess the camera is debatable. But what I'm saying is like at some level when we observe things like this, are the data really that crucial to acknowledging that there's a problem? I mean, how I much of so. this, I how mean, much of this, well, it's, it's, we'd love to have it, of course, but how much of what we've observed right there is acceptable? How much of that is just to the, Swedes, growing pains, the growing pains of integration, as I heard it put elsewhere? I watched some PSA on this new Black Pigeon Speaks video today, and um, it was saying that the, the native Swedes need to learn how to integrate, that they need to change their lifestyle to accommodate. They haven't done enough. <laughs> that they haven't done enough. Yeah, yeah, these people are cucked hard. And if if they are not going to do anything to save their own country, then no one else is going to save it. I don't know what to say here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's I don't have a lot of big takeaways on this one. I just, I, I think this is another example, a classic example of where a problem is clearly observe, observable to an objective observer, and Trump can observe it too. And we're sitting around having debates about very specific things. With CNN wants to talk about, well, what day did you say it happened on? And Don Lemon wants to talk about, well, what are the exact rates and what's the source of our data? And it's like, how about just use our eyes and ears and realize yeah. that this is not this is not working out great? But we and can't we can't even do that effectively because um, Swedes are bearing crime i mean we don't know how many rapes actually occur yeah because because like i read that some 13 uh, year old got raped and then the 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 guy that raped her um got off and then he raped a 14 year old and then he got off again well was it beneficial for the development of those young boys do you think <laughs> sorry Young girls, they were young right, girls. Young girl. Okay, I have to I have to go there. Now, now you can take that <laughs> clip out of context. Now yeah, I join really. George Takai and Bill Maher. You can put me in that <laughs> montage. But it's a colossal number number of migrants. Okay, so I pulled some numbers. Six hundred fifty thousand migrants over the past fifteen years in Sweden. One hundred fifty three thousand over the past year. And that might not sound consequ consequential, but they're only a population of eight million people. Yeah, that's um, an incredible change to the demographics of a country. I don't know what yeah. they expected here. I don't know. <laughs> it, it does. It seems crazy that you could. What is that? Like 3% of the population or higher? I'm, I'm not good at math because of my yeah, woman. Right? So, so you're going to have to figure I, it I out. Forget, whatever. I'll worry about that later. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a significant population increase or a significant ratio of the, um, of the Swedish population. So to think that you can just import people from a different culture and it's just going to be fine and dandy. Good luck with that. And, uh, you know, it's, I would hate to grant the premise that some portions of Europe are lost. However, some people will make that point. However, to me as an American, it's like, this is a, this is an observable case study for how we want to craft our policy related to these things. Oh, I, I don't agree. have to be a yeah. hateful bigot to be like, okay, all right, 
We can be compassionate about these things while acknowledging that there are problems we're observing there that are unacceptable. And I, it's not, I'm not a racist or a hateful bigot for saying, okay, no thank you to, to that, what we just watched on camera, that type of cultural clash, that type of hostility for no reason. I don't want that in my neighborhood. Yeah, and people act like it's fucking women and children. No, it's like 80% fighting age Muslim migrants like these dudes. It's a hostile population they're importing. And that's why there's so many sexual crimes. It's mostly men. Well, I just, I just hope we are honest enough to learn a few lessons and craft our policy accordingly. That's, that's my well, only hope. done, so there's that. <laughs> I guess there's that too. We're running out of time though, and I really want to talk about, I, I want to give a good chunk of time to this trans bathroom issue that's blown up again because I saw this news story that just, I woke up on Thursday morning with just absolute rage because the first thing I do in the morning is I watch the Today Show, not to get my news, but to see how they're reporting the news so I can be pissed off and think critically about it. So just drink coffee like a normal person. Jeez. <laughs> anyway, so to give some back uh, background to this trans bathroom issue that has again come to the forefront, you might remember it from last year and before they'll, they'll explain it a little bit in the story too. But if you'll recall last year, Obama issued this set of guidelines for public school, for public schools in the United States that say, uh, Hey, public schools, you must, I, I get confused about the enforcement mechanisms behind guidelines, if any, but so I might misspeak about what they must do or what it's suggested they do, but it's at least suggested you public schools that you allow trans students to use whatever bathroom they would like. So the bathroom, according to their self-assigned gender identity, as opposed to the bathroom of their biological se uh, sex. And we believe this to be the correct course of action under the uh, federal title nine law. So that's the, that's the law that makes sure public schools give equal accommodation to boys and girls. If you're gonna have boys sports like football, you should have a girls sports like volleyball, all that sorts of things. So that all of our young kids get equal opportunity. That now means apparently uh, that you get equal opportunity to pee wherever you would like, which is the, the focal point here. So, there's some coverage on the Today Show in the morning. Uh, oh, well, I should say Trump, res Trump rescinds this. It's gone. Okay, so that doesn't mean that Trump has said, hey, schools, tell your trannies to suck it and go in the bathroom <laughs> that, you, that, you, that you want them to go in. That's not what he said. All, that, all the taking back of, that, of the suggestions of these guidelines says is it's a complicated issue. Take care of it yourself. You don't need right. our guidelines. Take care of it yourself. Public schools, local parents course giving people the 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 power to decide for themselves about how to raise and educate their children big controversy big contra how dare you let me decide how to raise my children and that <laughs> is the the source of the outrage so check out this story Protesters are also taking aim at the president over a decision to rescind federal guidelines that allow transgender students to use bathrooms that match their gender identity. Shame on Trump! Protect trans students! Overnight, backlash building. Outside the White House, protests against the new administration's latest move, reversing an Obama-era order that let public school students use bathrooms that match their gender identities. Transgender rights advocates furious, calling the reversal cruel and heartbreaking. About 150,000 teenagers in the U.S. identify as transgender, according to a UCLA law school study. 
have to pick a word, okay? Mimi LeMay worries about her young son. As a vulnerable child, he deserves to go to school every day and feel safe and be affirmed as who he is. More than a dozen states explicitly protect transgender students, while 13 others had sued to block the Obama administration's order. You don't want to be intermingling the sexes, young boys and young girls on school trips, school locker rooms, school showers. That's clearly a violation of privacy. Oh, and then I forgot, everyone's favorite tranny, uh, Bruce Jenner, chimed in on Twitter, too. You, I don't know if you saw that. Finally, I have a message for President Trump from, well, one Republican to another. This is a disaster, and you can still fix it. You made a promise to protect the LGBTQ community. Call me. Call me. Call Caitlin if you want to know how to raise your children. Uh, oh, apparently. my God. Okay. Yeah. You, you got any reactions to this? Because I have many. Uh, yeah, tons. First of all, what a terrible mother. What a terrible <laughs> mother that is. My, that kid my, is like, what, six? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when she says, my son deserves accommodation or affirmation, your six-year-old daughter with a buzz cut, who is probably a tomboy, that you have now indoctrinated to believe she has some gender identity that she doesn't even understand. <laughs> Am I wrong in that? I, I don't even. No, I mean, you're totally right. I mean, think about being six years old. The only shit that I knew was what my parents had taught me. That's it. Yes. That was my whole world. Yeah. So, and if your idiot feminist mother is indoctrinating you with garbage like this, then you're going to be a screwed up little kid. That kid is never going to have a normal life because of his terrible mom. Yeah. And, and it, the, the way she phrased it really bugged me. My son deserves to be affirmed. And it's like, in what other context do you affirm your child? Your child needs guidance, not affirmation. Yeah. So, and you think you're being, I agree with, I, when I have kids someday, I do think I will, for the most part, allow them to choose their own path in terms of what their interests are, in terms of what their beliefs are, of course. And I want that to develop through critical thought. You know, I want them to be who they are. And if, if it turns out that they're gay, if it turns out that they're transgender when they're old enough and they understand the complexities of human sexuality and all this stuff, great. But I'm not, it's not, it's not, this like free liberal parental approach to indoctrinate your child in no, no, no six-year-old Katie. Let me tell you about your sexuality. Right. What? You shouldn't even be giving your kids sex education at that age. No. Are you, what are you like in kindergarten, first grade? Yeah. And, and, and not to Can't mention, we just she, let kids be kids and not no, carry the weight of the world and all their parents fucked up life decisions yeah. on their shoulders? Can't we just allow that? And, and keep in mind what she's advocating for, which is, no, my daughter will go in the, the uh, bathroom at school with the boys. So she's saying, daughter, yes, please go in the bathroom with the little boys as though the little boys aren't going to catch wind. At some point, one of these little boys is going to figure out, hey, you're not, you're not quite like... What do you mean at some boys. point? You mean the first time she goes into a boy's bathroom and then she yeah. like. <laughs> I'm just saying you're, you're inviting a compromising situation for your daughter. And to, the, to all this, this whole transgender bathroom issue, I, you and I were talking before the show. Neither of us really care about who pees where. I, I, I really don't. <laughs> yeah. But in the context of a school, in the context of especially in a high school, you, you're going to tell me you want teen boys and girls in the same changing rooms? that's a recipe where I can really see some of these worst case scenarios happening. Do I care if Bruce Jenner, do you care if Caitlyn Jenner takes a shit next to you? Probably not. Maybe I you mean, do. <laughs> I don't. I really gross. don't. 
fucking yeah, gross. But you don't, would you feel unsafe, I guess is what I'm saying. No, I guess not. But in high school, where it's a bunch of you know, hormone-driven crazy kids, I can see bad things happening. Or curious little kindergartners. Hey, I'll show you yours if you show me mine. Or yeah, I'll show you mine if you show me too. yours kind of thing. <laughs> Edit that one out too. Yeah. They got some good ones. From today. Yeah. <laughs> I'll show me mine. That doesn't even, whatever. That's a weird <laughs> statement. Okay, and then the protesters. This is cruel and, and heartbreaking. Cruel and heartbreaking to allow parents to decide for their own children at the local level. How's that cruel shame, and heartbreaking? Shame, and then they say, shame. yeah, and then they say, oh well, twelve states already explicitly protect transgender kids in this way. Great. So you have no problem because the federal guidelines are irrelevant because your state has already handled it. So let people in the other state deal with it because and and i even if you grant that this is kind of complex like certainly there's isolated instances of of kids who have this issue and are going to need some accommodation at the school and i i get that it's complicated like at some level the girls are probably going to be uncomfortable if you force a transgender like everyone's going to be uncomfortable with the situation is what i'm saying like so to me all the more reason to allow for local control they can create a solution that is best for everybody. You don't need the the kings atop, high atop the federal mountain to be like, no, no, no. Allow us to give you your your directive from Moral Mountain. We are so <laughs> virtuous up here. Please, it's so it's so dumb. How can you be mad about people saying, eh, it's a complicated issue. Take care of it yourself. I don't know. People don't want that. <sighs> uh, and then um, I saw you kind of. Um, when it was playing, you were kind of, you did the same thing I did at some of the stats. You raised your eyebrow at that 150,000 stats. That seems, that seems crazy, right? I think so. I mean, so. Uh, the well, stats what is I've, it, 100 times what it was 20 years ago? Yes. Well, I, I don't know how it's changed over is time. Is it because but... of feminist indoctrination? Is that why? <laughs> Choose your own gender nonsense? Yeah, yeah. So, so um, if there's 150,000 trans teens as that report says there's 15 million 15 million high school kids in the united states so that would be one percent and that's much higher than other estimates i've seen which are like a quarter of one percent of the the highest one i've seen is is 0.3 percent right so we're talking three to four times other estimates of the general population now it's possible given the like the trendy aspect of all this gender identity stuff that maybe there's a certain segment of teens who are maybe it's inflated because teens are doing it to be cool you know what I mean? Um, and what are I, they classifying as transgender? I'd be curious. You could. It said it was a UCLA study, so I, I'd be curious to see that because I just don't buy one hundred and fifty thousand. I think that's way inflated. Well, are they just counting like uh, people that are cross-dressing and identifying as the opposite gender, but don't have plans to use hormone therapy? No idea. You'd have to look it up. Because that's just. I, I don't think that really counts. <laughs> I asked Blair about this a, a long time ago on our podcast. I can't remember what she said. What, like what the rules are of being legit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I and don't I think know. that hormone therapy is where, you know, most people draw the line, but that's not really applicable to, to children. I mean. Last thing on this issue that I can't, well, I'm looking at the notes and I don't want to miss. You were mentioning this to me privately, but I do want to put it up. Uh, the Chris Cuomo tweet. Wow, you really stepped in it this week, didn't you? <laughs> Shit. Speaking of regrettable tweets, <laughs> we should do a segment. Uh, and now, Blonde Breaks Down Regrettable <laughs> Tweets. Yeah. I have to figure that out. This would be great for that. 
So someone comes to Chris Cuomo and a bunch of other people and says, what do you tell a 12-year-old girl who doesn't want to see a penis in the locker room? Well, says virtuous Chris Cuomo, I wonder if she is the problem or her overprotective and intolerant dad. Teach tolerance. I want, I should have done the, the bit to do the whole. The ultimate virtue signal. The more you know. Did the <laughs> I should have done that on that. Um, I, I was reading this and in the spirit of trying to give people the benefit of the doubt, I was trying to read this Chris, Chris Cuomo tweet in the most charitable way that I could. And the only thing I can come up with is, yeah, I mean, he's talking about how the dad, I mean, you could read it to think like that 12 year old girl should tolerate looking at Dick, which is how a lot of people read it. I think he's talking about the dad more specifically. So he's saying that the most charitable way to read it is the dad should be more tolerant of his 12 year old girl looking at Dick. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, and it's, that's what's so weird about that tweet is it's not just him saying like, okay, just let them pee. Like the question posed to him was, what do you say to people who don't want to see penis? Yeah, that that was literally the the question, right? <laughs> and he said tolerant yeah. of that. Not just tolerant of like, okay, you got to pee, use the stall. No, no, tolerant of here's my penis on display. And then he <laughs> followed it up with like he went totally spino and followed it up with like 90 other tweets, literally 90 tweets. Oh, don't get, leave spino. I don't want to re I don't want to reignite the fight. Leave spino alone. He made his case. It's over. That's true. That's true. Okay. No more making fun of Spino. Anyway, so we spurned out 90 tweets. That's all he talked about. Um, Just responding to people, responding to people, responding for days. Did he delete the original tweet? No, it's still up. It's still up, actually. Yeah. But I haven't seen the the whole speech afterward. Mm. Anyway, um, that's Chris Cuomo for you. I think I'm sure he's taken way more shit than any of us could throw at him. But, you know, if you've got (laughs) any more interesting Chris Cuomo findings, if you have an exchange with him and would like us to see it, I'd be happy to read it because I think this is fascinating. (laughs) Yeah. End of the day. I I don't see the controversy here. I I really don't. I I failed to see the controversy and just like "Eh, people can pee wherever. I don't really give a shit. But I especially don't see the controversy in. You can decide how to educate and parent your children. Neither do I. And just even more broadly, just this issue, like I didn't care about it the first time because it applies to such a small group of people. I don't give a shit. I don't think that I have ever been in a bathroom with somebody that's transgender before. And I live in Seattle. Yeah, that's true. This is such a non-issue for me that doesn't affect me at all. I don't care. I don't care. I don't even think that Blair cares very much. Yeah, she did make a video on it. I haven't seen it yet, but I should Yeah, I watched it. It was really good. Um, okay. She said it was a complicated issue, you know, yeah. you know, Blair. But that, that's exactly my point. We could just be honest that it is complicated. And I'm, I'm willing, like I said, I'm willing to grant that. that is, it, it, to the extent this exists, you have trans kids and, and cis kids. It's going to be complication. All the more reason just says, hey, let the school board figure it out. Let the state figure it out. Let the local locality figure it out. Let the parents figure it out. Totally makes sense. Anyway, I'm kind of speaking in circles because I've gone over this. In the interest of time, speaking of Twitter, um, you raised this point to me about like what's going on with your Twitter account or what's going on with yeah, it's not just me, and, it's okay. everybody. I've been seeing uh, reality calls has been tweeting about this a lot. Sargon's made several videos, um, but in almost every single one of my tweets, um, and every single one that's moderately controversial from a political correctness standpoint, so a lot of them, um, <laughs> I can only all. see. Yeah, really. I can only see about 10% of the replies that I'm getting. And so I have to log out to see the entire thread. Um, do you have that tweet up? I pulled a pretty good one. Uh, I actually didn't save 
these? The one, can you just describe them? I actually. Oh, sure. I said, okay, sorry, if you want to see Sweden, Germany, or France, the time is now 6 million migrants on the way. It has 17 replies and I can see three and they are like the most benign of all of the 17, which I read in real time. Um, and so I'm just wondering, cause Twitter stock is just plummeting. Uh, everybody knows I do have that. that. I, did have, I do have that loaded. In. <laughs> so it's Twitter's three month. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what, I mean, it's, it's, it's in a, I don't know. I'm not a stock analyst. I'm not a, a, a you know, financial I mean, analyst not, like this. You can speak to this, but, but it's not it's good. Not like they, they if I'm a Twitter investor, zero. it's not good either. And I'm sure it's related to this free speech issue. I mean, um, but Sargon's made a video about it. Um, and so the hypothesis is that they're using this bot that detects political incorrectness, political <laughs> correctness. And um, it's shadow banning people and it's doing this ghost threading thing or de-threading where it removes um, replies from a thread. It just, they just drop off. So the tweet that's only the, exists on the person's uh, page, the original person. That's the speculation on Trump's account, right? Because Trump's, Trump's account gets yes. like a bajillion interactions um, in terms of uh, fav- likes and retweets. And then all the replies are like negative. And the speculation is that the positive ones are being delinked from the original tweet. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it seems to be a, a bot situation. But I mean, it seems like Twitter is just doubling down and then they're banning people at an extraordinary rate. And then we saw that um, list go around with the yeah. with the people that were going to be banned, the people that were, were pending. And I, initially I was like, this seems like bullshit to me. Um, but now that some of those have actually gone through reactionary tree, uh, got kicked off Twitter, I'm like, maybe this has more veracity than I initially anticipated. So- and, and Kraut and Sargon was banned for like 12 hours for, for no reason again. I mean, at the end of the day, whether it, to what degree is it like this an intentional crackdown? To what degree is it like glitches that just so happen to affect the people that I enjoy? Sure it's clear it's that glitchy. I'm, tell- I'm telling you, like I said, it's a sinking ship and Jack Dorsey's going down with two middle fingers. And I'm going to use Twitter until I'm either banned or nobody's on it anymore. It's not viable, but I'm, I am preparing. Like I've set up a mines account. I've set up a gab account. I should do a Facebook yeah. account, uh, for this show and for but Facebook the, does this shit all the time too. Yeah, it's true. What I'm saying is we need to diversify because ultimately it seems clear to me that everyone I like is going to be banned on like at least one of these things at some point, right, including right. possibly us. So I'm actually amazed that I wasn't on that list or that I haven't been suspended at any point. I think, um, well, I looked at the list. I think it's just because the, the accounts were bigger than we are, you know? I mean, it's, I don't think it's for any shortage <laughs> of con- controversial material, but they did list the the followers and we aren't quite that big. So my suspicion is like, we're just not up there to get the eyes of those people yet. But I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think the ideas are insufficiently controversial. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I mean, we just got to transfer to Minds, and it's hard because I know, um, you know, I know Twitter a lot better, and I already have like nine thousand followers on Twitter, and so I'm like, I don't want to fucking start another social media account. Truth, I don't want to do it, but I have. Truth to. be told, I love Twitter. I legitimately love Twitter's format. I really do. I think it's yeah. a great format, and I love that you have. I love the quick reply way, and people can speak to me quickly, and I can reply reply quickly. I love the way it works. What I hate is this inconsistent, arbitrary, incoherent rules enforcement that nobody really knows what's going on. And honestly, if they were just straight up, straight up about what's acceptable and what's not, I could kind of decide like, is this the platform for me? Do I accept the restrictiveness of these rules or not? Then I could just move on. But because none of us really know what's okay and what's not, 
generally, unless you're like Sargon and you're tweeting like gay interracial porn all the time. Or he something. only did that one time. Right. But he doesn't do that anymore. Apparently. <laughs> I don't know. But point is, yeah, we're going to have to diversify and figure it out. Um, that's, that's all I got on this issue. Or I guess I'll, it's really your issue. So I, I'll let you speak until. No, that's pretty much like... it. I mean, I just, I need to follow my own advice here, but we got to get minds like up and running. I think I only have like 500 followers and I never, ever tweet. On minds? I just started one. Oh, are you talking on Twitter or on minds? Oh, minds. Did I say Twitter? Oh, yeah. See, no, I just yeah, started. You're be... way ahead of me on minds. But I've had always... one for like two months and I just, I, there, I posted like three things. Oh yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to start posting every video and stuff on minds and try to be more active over there. I forgot to say this at the top of the show. I meant to do this at the top of the show because we issue, we try to do the right thing and issue corrections. Um, and we did one last week about Jack Moore, who was this uh, this this writer on Netflix's Dear White People, who was tweeting out "fuck white people," uh, no, really, "fuck white people" with voting statistics. And then it was disputed by Philly D and, and some of our listeners that no, 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 he's not credited on the IMDb. So you can't say Jack P. Moore is connected to the show. You are fake news. And as that guy T says, rules are rules. And we had to give ourselves the fake news sounder. However, guess what's happened in the last week? Thanks to listener Crystal, I was made aware of this. The IMDb uh, has been updated. Wait, where is it? Now I have to prove it. Oh, here it is. Jack Moore, writer on the Netflix series, Dear White People, 2017, one episode. So, sorry, listeners. Rules are rules. You are fake news. You are fake very news. Fake news. Very, very fake, fake news. Very fake news. The fakest. Very fake news. I'm just glad this came around. Vindication. Validation. <laughs> All of our hard work, our scrutiny, our dedication to the facts that we do for sure believe. Believe me, as Trump would say. <laughs> Uh, oh this is interesting. Like it's come full circle. Apparently this guy is involved. So I'm <laughs> dear white people, I guess I'm, I'm going to just check it out. I don't know, whatever. It's, it's going to be an interesting show <laughs> anyway. So for now the audience gets the sounder, presumably next week we get the sounder, especially <laughs> on all these statistics that we cited this episode stuff on the trans stuff, probably be fake news on that. Cause we're probably wrong about how many trans kids there are stuff on the uh, migrant crime in Sweden. will probably be, fake news on that since we might be wrong on that who knows we do what we can <laughs> never claim to be professional. the real deal <laughs> anyway you got anything else otherwise i'm ready to get out of here no i am uh real tired <laughs> and actually speaking of um finding places to pee i have to pee uh, as well <laughs> so we'll close it out there and then i will run to the restroom of my biological gender <laughs> if you're uh if you, anyway, thanks as always to our live chatters and live viewers who keep us on a shitposting way. While we try to maintain sincerity, even when they're wrong about Jack Moore, we all get along and we try to find <laughs> the best form of the truth that we can. If you're listening on YouTube or on an audio platform on demand, thank you kindly as well for supporting the show. Remember, there's more material, including the Colin show on the audio platforms. So check those out. iTunes, uh, Google Play, all linked conveniently in the description for you. You can always email us. That's beautyandthebeta at gmail.com. Take your questions, requests, or suggestions there. We'll be back next Sunday, because if it's Sunday, really, really sorry, Chuck Todd, but it's not Meet the Press. It is Beauty and the Beta. We'll see you then. <laughs>